0: All right, good to see you guys this morning. I am joined today by my amazing wife, Lori. We've got a little announcement that we want to share with you.
1: That's right, if you are dating, if you're engaged, if you're married, we want to invite you to a very special couples conference that we're going to have February 12th. So it's coming up really soon from noon to four. And we're just gonna be sharing a little, a few of the things that we've learned in the last twenty five years that, of marriage. That I've done wrong. That's what no, never. And so <laughs> it's gonna be a great time together. We're gonna have a wonderful time. But our prayer for the people who come is that they're gonna be able to reclaim just a tenderness for one another that maybe sometimes goes away when life can be really tough. And we're praying that the people who are going to be there will be empowered to make changes together so they can craft a life they love living together. And so I think this is like the Valentine's Day gift. You need to give each other to spend a few hours pouring into your marriage. We would love to have you join us.
0: So it's February 12th, which is a Saturday from noon to four. I think that's like Valentine's weekend. Weekend, Yes. And then somebody told me it was also like Super Bowl weekend, but that's Sunday. So check it out, guys. Saturday, you get the church in. Saturday, you invest in the relationship. And Sunday, you're free, baby. You can do whatever (laughs) you want to do. You know, you won all the points, you invested, and now you get to watch the game, have the friends over, do all the things, okay? So I'm just saying. So there is a cost to it. It's $30 per couple. Uh, It includes um, lunch that will be available. Uh, There's also free childcare that will be available for this um, uh, event. And then as part of that deal, over the course of the next year, once a month, you'll get uh, a resource in your inbox from our team. Uh, just sharing some uh, relationship insights that I think could be super helpful for you.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So we hope that you'll come and join us. You can go to central.family to find out all of the information and to get registered for that.
0: Yeah, awesome. Let's give it up for Lori. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, when I was a kid growing up, my mom used to always say, Judd, you've got to choose your friends wisely. How many of you had parents that said similar things, right? And how many of you were like me? When you heard that, you're like, it doesn't matter who I, what kind of friends I choose. I influence my friends. They don't influence me. Come on, you know what I'm saying. Nobody influences me. I'm above all that, Mom. I can just go where I want and do what I well Of course, I look back now. I remember once um, uh, I got a call from some of my friends, and they said, hey, let's let's meet up at the mall, because that's what we did back in the day, y'all. We met up at the mall, okay? So we meet at the mall, and while we're at the mall, some of my friends who were great, they, they had a lot of fun together, you know, they just weren't into things like obeying the law. And, uh, you know, they're like, hey, let's, let's go steal something from one of these department stores. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do it, because I'm the brilliant one. And so... I go into Sears Department Store, and and uh, I'm, I'm making my move, I'm walking around, and I see these the, the music area, and there's these things called cassette tapes. Young people, just Google it, YouTube, cassette tapes, I can't explain it, and uh, anyway, there's a cassette tape there, I grab this cassette tape, I slip it in my pants, and I start to walk out of the store, and I'm almost out of Sears when this hand grabs my shoulder, and I turn around, and it's the security guard, I, I do not know there was a security guard? Sears, come on. Anyway, he says, you know, I need to check your person because uh, you're you're, um, suspected of of theft. And so they searched me. They actually didn't find it the first time. I'm like, yeah, I I got nothing, man. I don't know know what you're talking about. You know, then they they took me back. They they kind of patted me down, searched me again, again, nothing. I'm like, see, man, I told you I didn't do nothing. Third time he found it and uh, called me a name. Anyway, they called my dad. And my dad said, let the cops deal with them. And my loving father, I find out later, sort of set it up and basically requested that the cops arrest me. And they did. They came and showed up at Sears and went in. They handcuffed me. They walked me out of Sears, like right out through the front door, put me in the cop car and drove me down to the police station. My dad's like, teach that little a lesson. You know? So... From the time I was, eight until I was 18 years old, your pastor was banned from Sears. (laughs) Banned from Sears. Um, Now I'm responsible for my dumb choices, right? But part of what influenced me was not just me, but it was also my friends. Because who you hang out with has tremendous influence over you in your life. Who you run with shapes so much of who you become. If you pick the wrong friends, you're gonna have the wrong life, right? In fact, Proverbs chapter 13, look at this, beginning in verse 20, I'll read this. When we get to the red word, just say it real loud here with me. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in what? Get in trouble. Man, truer words have never been spoken, right? We've been talking about the power of wisdom the last few weeks. Wisdom is, from a biblical standpoint, that ability to discern right from wrong, good from bad, uh, the kinds of choices that we need to make when a million different situations come at us. If you have wisdom, then you can make the wisest decisions with the options that are available to you. And we've said, according to the Bible, the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, you acknowledge that you're not just out here alone, that there's a God above you. Um, He loves you. He's powerful. He's wired the universe up in a certain way from a moral perspective. And if we will lean into his commands and principles, it's going to help us navigate kind of the the ups and downs of life. And wisdom can help us do that. But if you want to raise your wisdom quotient, the Bible says, walk with the wise. Get around other people going a similar direction who are wise individuals in your life. In fact, if you want to raise the quality of your life, raise the quality of your friendships. So I want to share with you a couple thoughts on how we can do that this next year and walk with the wise raise the quality of our friendships so that we have more wisdom so that we can navigate things in our lives and experience godly success here's the first thought and that's simply choose your friends wisely (laughs) choose your friends wisely Uh, so I saw somebody put this up on social media and I thought this was pretty funny it's the four stages of when I fall for somebody in emojis you know and so the first emoji is like hard eyes you know oh they're so amazing. They're so cute, right? The second emoji is like, wait, what? You know, like a little bit more disappointed, frustrated. The third emoji is the hurt face or the sad face, you know, things are going, but then I love the fourth emoji, the clown face. I've been fooled again, right? And we all understand that. We might add our own, the puke face, you know, or the anger face, we all know what it is to get into situations and find that, man, we're hurt. It's not just romantic situations, it's just relationships in general. And Proverbs will challenge us. Choose our friends with wisdom. Look at this, Proverbs 18, 24. It says, there are friends who destroy each other. Have you, have you ever seen this? Like, think back to your life, your, your school days, your young adult days. All right, it's true, right? There are friends that when they start hanging around together, they destroy each other. Right? <laughs> Amen. Some of you were that friend, and then Jesus got a hold of you, right? But look at this, but a what? Real friend sticks closer than a brother. And so if you choose your friends wisely, it's gonna make a huge impact on your future and on the direction you go. Somebody said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. There's a lot of truth to that. Henry Cloud, the psychologist, talks about three different kinds of friends that show up in the book of Proverbs, okay? First of all, we have wise friends, Uh, These are the kind of friends that will challenge you uh, spiritually, personally, emotionally, physically. They're going to challenge you to be the best version of yourself. They're going to want what's best for you. They're going to be more about your success than just using you as an as a means to an end. These are wise people, and you're going to look around. You look around at your life, at your church. You look around your workplace. You see people that you're like, man, they're. I want a family that looks like their family. I want a marriage that looks like their marriage. I want a relationship. It looks like, like they navigate relationships. I wanna navigate my business the way na- they've navigated their business. You see an aspect of their life and you're like, they're wise, I, I need some of that wisdom, right? And so with wise people, man, you wanna have conversations, you wanna seek them out, you, you wanna be intentional about getting around wise people in your life. This is why I think church is so important. Not that we're all wise and we have it all figured out. I certainly am, I'm, half the time I can be a fool, but I'm trying. To get wiser. I want, and I think that's the, a true foolish person in that season of their life isn't even trying, right, to be wise. They don't care. But I think part of wisdom is acknowledging I may not be fully wise yet, but I wanna be. I may not have it all figured out yet. But I want to be around people who are on the same journey trying to figure it out. That's why church can be so important. We get around people who are on that path to say, let's follow God and be faithful to God. Let's live wise lives. And so we want to have conversations with wise people. The other person that shows up in the book of Proverbs is foolish people. <laughs> foolish people. Now, these are people, often they're very bright, they're very smart, but because of their own selfishness or whatever, they make decisions that hurts them. It often hurts you in your life. And I think sometimes with a person like this, and we've all been foolish. Thank God we don't have to stay here, right? We can, we can get wiser in our lives. But when a person's in a really foolish or selfish place in their life, um, they don't really care about how the consequences of their actions affect you or others around you. And a lot of times, you know what we do with a foolish person? We bail them out, right? Come on. They make a mistake, they do something, and so we jump in and we bail them out. And here's what happens if we keep bailing them out and they keep doing foolish things. We're not allowing them to experience the consequences of their decisions, and in that sense, we're not doing them any favors. We experience the consequences of their decisions. They don't necessarily experience the the consequences of their decisions. So what do you do with foolish people in your life? Well, one challenge is simply to be willing to set a boundary, right? To say, look, I love you, but we can't do this anymore. I can't be taken advantage of this way anymore. You can't just show up and do these things anymore. I'm not gonna kinda entertain this sort of foolish behavior anymore. If if you're starting to get bitter towards a friend who's acting foolish right now, it's time to set a boundary. Bitterness is always a clue that it is time for a boundary in your life. The other time, a person Proverbs will talk about is what simply evil people, evil people, and um, you know when it comes to an evil person, you, you just need to force a separation. You Just gotta force a separation. I mean, um, when the fool hurts you accidentally or as a byproduct of selfishness, right? Evil people set out to hurt you on purpose. I mean, they, they, they want to hurt you emotionally, financially, socially, physically, and we can get into the reasons why this may happen or why people will fall into this category. Maybe they were hurt or abused in the past. Maybe they have some real emotional challenges, and, uh, you know, all of those things can be true and real, and we can have compassion for those things, but listen to me clearly. The only way to personally deal with an evil person who wants to harm you in your life is to cut them out of your life. You, you, gotta, you gotta force a separation. <laughs> Block them on social media. Don't take their phone calls. Like, you gotta get some distance. Now I know somebody out there right now is like, wait a minute, doesn't the Bible say we're supposed to you know, love our enemies? Yeah. Aren't we supposed to pray for even those who persecute us? Yes, absolutely. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute us. But the Bible does not command us to open our hearts and homes to those who would seek to destroy us. That's something else, right? <laughs> So you can love somebody and still set a boundary. Right, you, you, you can love somebody and still tell them no. You can love somebody and you can not share personal things. You can love somebody and you can not bail them out. You can love somebody and you can limit their access to your home or your kids or your life. The Bible says to love others, but it also says to guard your heart. And so we interact with different people. Hopefully, we're on the path to becoming more wise in our lives, and we want to choose wise friends. When it comes to foolish friends, we love them. We've all been the foolish friend, but some point, sometimes you have to put boundaries in and let them experience the consequences of their decisions. And then, hopefully, it's a very small group of people, but there are just some people who are bent on destroying you and things in your life, and those people you just got to force a separation from in your life. When it comes to choosing wise friends, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got, to, I got to spend some time with somebody who's been like a mentor from a distance, somebody who's been a huge influence in my life, and uh, it's a leadership author named Dr. John Maxwell. This guy's written over 100 leadership books. He's amazing. And I've read, I've read tons of his books over the years and been inspired. By the way, if you're looking for just a great practical leadership kind of book resource for this this year, pretty much anything John Matt, there's a hundred books to choose from. Just pick one. Because they'll all be great and they'll be practical and it'll be right down the lane, but he's amazing. Anyway, I got to spend some time with him. He's 74 years old, a hundred books. The guy does not need to work anymore. He doesn't need money, all that. This guy is grinding. I mean grinding. He's telling me, I'm working on this book project. I got this thing going on. You know, he just flew in from Texas. He's speaking to this thing. He's flying to Boston tomorrow. And then I go, I'm on a plane over here. To... I'm like, dude, you are 70 freaking four years old. And you are hustling, man. You, he is running hard. He said, yeah, he says, once a month I still do something. I've done it for decades now. I call it the learning lunch. And he said, I, I find somebody that I want to learn from around me and ask them if I can take them to lunch or coffee, whatever they'll be willing to go to. And I sit down and he says, I ask them this list of questions. And I wrote these questions down because I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, I'm writing as fast as I can. He says, you know, I sit down with him and I say, tell me about, um, you know, what's the, the greatest lesson that you've learned in life? And then he'll just write it down, you know, what they say. Then he'll say, uh, tell me about how you've learned to handle failure. And he'll write down what they say. He'll say, what have you experienced that I should experience? Uh, What are you reading that I should be reading? Right? And then his last question I thought was powerful. He says, how can I serve you? Is there anything I can do for you? So I wrote down all these questions, but one of them stuck out to me. And that was was this. At some point in this leadership lunch, he calls them, he would ask this question, who do you know that I should know? Who do you know? And that's often where he gets his next lunch. Like, who do you know that I should know? What's he doing? Here's a 74-year-old guy who's written 100 leadership books, who's got success, more success than he knows what to do with, and he's still trying to find the wise and learn from them and open his heart. You see that? He's seeking wisdom in his life. And I just walked away from that personally like, Lord, help me never get content. Help me continue to push myself and learn from people and have an open heart. God, help me lean into people and say, "What can I learn? How can I?" That's what wisdom does, right, that's how wisdom guides us. So be intentional, if you wanna raise your game this year, make an intentional effort to get around some people that are wise, that can challenge you. Maybe set your own leadership lunch with somebody. Maybe you're in a place where, you know, you, maybe you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a business and there's somebody that you just look up to. Maybe they're believers and you look up to their faith, but also how they live their life and how they navigate their business. And, and maybe they're national figures and you think, you know, I could never really get time with them. Um, and sometimes people think, you know, I'm just going to ask that person to mentor me. You know, I'm just going to call them up and just say, hey, you know, can you mentor me? And, and I would just suggest, like, I get the heart behind that, but that's probably not the best strategy if you don't know this person because they're busy. They got a million things coming and if you just show up like, will you mentor me for the rest of your natural life? They're gonna be like, no, delete. They don't have time for that. But just a little tip. If instead you email them or, or you know, get in touch with them some way or their office or whatever, and you just say, hey, I'm so-and-so, and, and I just, is there a book that, that, they, that you would recommend that can help me as I start my own business? And then when they recommend a book to you, here's what you do. You go and you actually read it. Hello. And then you reach back out a month later and you're like, "Here's the three things I took away from that. Thank you. Is there another book that you could recommend to me, or an audio thing or a, you know some place I could go?" And then whatever they recommend, you go do it. And then you go back to them. And more often than not, here's what'll happen. I've seen this happen in my own life. More often than not, because you're hungry and you're humble and you're willing to take what they suggest and actually do it. Over the course of three months and six months and nine months, eventually, in their busyness of their life, they're like, "Who is this person?" who keeps reaching out to me doing everything I actually say. And then, when you, and then if it ever comes to a time where like, would you meet me for coffee? They're gonna be way more likely to go, okay, I'm gonna meet this person for coffee. Because you know how many people they recommend things to who never do it? Right, just anyway, it's a side thought. But it's about going after wise people and trying to get around wise counsel and allowing them to shape our lives. It's why church community is so important. You're sitting around some incredibly gifted, talented, wise individuals, people right there on your row. They've been through so many experiences. God has carried you through it, and you could be a source of encouragement to one another, just being around one another. It's why First Step can be so important, or our couples conference, getting into smaller environments where you get to know some people. It's why jumping into a community group can be important. All of a sudden, you get around people, and you're like, man, that, they're really wise. I, want, I need some of that wisdom to rub off on me. How do I get it? The Bible says walk with the wise. You walk with the wise. You get around them, and then you become wise. All right, here's another thought, and that is to simply be a true friend, to be a true friend. So we want to not only choose our friends wisely, we want to be good friends in our lives. We want to be the kind of friend that a friend would like to have. And Proverbs is actually going to give us several practices to help us be great friends. The first one is this, to simply be the kind of person, the kind of friend that shuts down gossip. Proverbs has a lot to say about gossip. Things like this, Proverbs chapter 20, beginning in verse 19, it says that gossip goes around telling secrets. So don't hang around with what? chatterers (laughs) chatterers <laughs> going around with chatter. if you want to be a good friend to your friends if they confide something in you show that you're a trustworthy person who will cover that in silence who won't go talking about them behind their back I remember years ago, I met a friend uh, named Mike Foster, and um, we were both kind of working in the same church environment in California, and I I asked him a question about a mutual friend of ours who, I knew they were going through stuff, but I wasn't sure what it was, and so I asked him kind of what it was, and he's like, well, you know, I I know what it is, but I can't can't share that. And I remember I was sort of like offended. I'm like, man, what are we not, friends? Come on, man, I'm a pastor. He's like, no, no, I, I don't feel comfortable sharing it. And uh, at first, I I was sort of like, wow, okay. But as I thought about it, what what dawned on me is, you know, he won't share that kind of information about our mutual friend. You know what that tells me about him? He won't share information that I divulged to him either. Like, he could be trusted. And so, I sought that friendship out. And over the last 20 years, he's basically been my best male friend and accountability partner. And, you know, we've continued that friendship over all these years, but it started for me when I realized, wow, it's unique to meet somebody who basically keeps their mouth shut about other people's business. Isn't it? It sticks out. You're like, wow. And so, when you go around gossiping about other people, and I know, sometimes it's hard to, you know, am I gossiping, am I not gossiping? I, don't know. I always feel like it's hard to know sometimes if you're gossiping, but you absolutely know if you're being gossiped about. Hello. It's easy on the other side, right? Sometimes it's hard to know, I get that. But if you're constantly bringing up things with other people about other friends and their personal lives that you don't have really permission to share, you know what? That friend is thinking about you. They're thinking, I wonder what they say about me. When I'm not in the room, if you want good friends, you gotta be a good friend. And so shutting down gossip is an important part of that. And just saying, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this. Look, maybe I don't wanna, I I don't really wanna go to, that's none of my business, (laughs) I'm out. I've walked out of rooms before, I'm out. You know, like I'm just not gonna do it. Um, Here's another thought, and that is speak the truth in love. If you wanna be a great friend, speak the truth in love. Proverbs puts it, puts it this way. Check out uh, this, this proverb. It says, wounds from a sincere friend are what? Better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a friend are better. Sometimes to be a true friend means you have to say some hard things, Right? Sometimes true friends have to love you enough to sit you down and say, hey, look, you're, you're on a dangerous road here. This, this is going to be a decision, I think, that's really going to hurt you in your life. And I'll be your friend either way. I, I just feel like I had to say it, you know? So speaking the truth in love can be powerful. Now, if you're a truth person, some of you are all about the truth, man. Yes, the truth. I'm all about the truth. If you're a truth person, you're already getting excited right now. You're like, ooh, Judd's telling me to speak the truth. This really isn't for you. You need to focus on love. You just need to hang out on the word love, okay? Because if you're like a truth person, this comes so naturally for you that you've probably hurt so many people's feelings, you just have no idea, right? How many people you've blown up trying to drop truth bombs on, you know, like, well, let me tell you the truth. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care, right? So, if you're a truth person, maybe it's time to up the love quotient a little bit. You know, like really work on serving those people. Hold back, you know, 75% of what you wanna say. And and just work on loving them. And then, you know, you're you're gonna speak the truth anyway because you can't not, it's gonna come out eventually. So, I don't need to say anything about that except how you say it matters, where you say it matters, when you say it matters, and the tone of voice you use matters, right? All right. Now, maybe you're a love person. You're all about just, I just love everybody. Just do whatever you want, I love you. Oh, they're gonna die. Yep, I love them. (laughs) And if that's kinda who you are, like maybe there's a place in your life where you gotta kinda up your truth quotient a little bit and realize that it's important to be a good friend sometimes to sit down and say hard things. And it may hurt, but Proverbs says, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. And I've had some friends sit me down and say some things that were hard. I didn't always take them well in the short term, but in the longer term, that friend actually grew in my esteem and my respect because they were willing to say some challenging things to me, and I knew it came from a place of genuine love and concern, and I was thankful for that. Here's a third idea to be a better friend, and that is just don't give up on a friend. Don't give up on a friend. Check this out. Proverbs chapter 17, beginning in verse 17. A friend is always what? Loyal. And a brother is born to help in time of need. A friend is loyal. They're born to help in time of need. Sometimes when a friend goes through something, we don't know what to say, right? Maybe they're hurting, they're going through challenges, and we just sort of pull back. We're like, I don't know, man. I I don't know what to do. And, And sometimes even though we care, we're not sure. Let me just encourage you. You don't have to know what to say. Actually, what you might say is not that important. Your presence is way more important in their life when they're hurting than what you might say. And I've learned that as a pastor. People are always like, Judd, what do you say when you walk into the, very little usually. Because me being there is all they're gonna remember anyway. Me being there is more important than having the right answers or having all the right things. If you're willing to just show up for a friend that's hurting then that is the majority of the whole thing. You don't have to, you don't have to run away. You don't have to be afraid. You know, I don't know what to say. You know, they went through this crisis. I don't know what to say. You don't have to say. Just be present. Just show up. And then I would say, listen without judgment. Just be an ear without judgment. Because most of the time when people are really hurting, when they're in pain, they don't really want advice. They don't want to hear our insights on life. They're not in a place for that right now. They need us to love them, be present, listen without judgment, and let them process that pain. And it'll be huge for them in their life. Don't give up on a friend. Over the years, I've seen some friends get in some really tough spots. I had one friend that just because of addiction issues kind of went completely off the road and lost everything. A lot of his family had given up on him and I had an email address for him. I wasn't sure if he saw it, but a couple times I'd send him little emails, you know, just say, "Hey, I believe in you. I haven't given up on you." You know, like I know you're out there, somewhere. And uh, several years later, God got a hold of him, and he got cleaned up. He got sober. He came back, and uh, he's faithful. Faithful part of the church. You would never know if you were, you're, you know, if you're sitting next to him at Central, all that he'd been through. But he told me once something I'll never forget. He said. Judd, you're the only person in my life that didn't give up on me. You're the only person. And that inspired me to wanna be better. But listen, I also thought, you know, you're wrong. There is one who didn't give up on you and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is actually the one that inspires us to not give up on our friends, right? His love for us inspires us to not give up on our friends. Listen, no matter what you're going through, Jesus will never give up on you. His love will never run out. His power will never come up short. His wisdom is never confounded. His reach is never too short. His timing isn't too late. His friendship is never exhausted. His plans are never ruined. His work is never wasted. His forgiveness is never withheld. His grace is always enough. And Jesus says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends, and that's what he did for you and for me. He is a friend that is closer than a brother, and he is a friend that won't abandon you. He'll protect and cover. He'll speak the truth and love over your life, and he's the right friend. He can lead you to the right life. He's the friend who can forgive what you've been through and who believes in what you can become. Jesus is a friend who won't give up on you. And so when it comes to our friendships and our relationships, that's the most important one. And he inspires us in how we love one another and how we try to be friends to one another. If you want more wisdom this year, man, choose your friends wisely. And maybe when you think through your friends, maybe there's some wise friends you want to get around and maybe it's time to get a plan or get a lunch or get a coffee going to start building that friendship, that relationship. Maybe there's some foolish friends driving you crazy. And maybe it's time to get a boundary <laughs> and say, hey, look, we gotta, I gotta address this so that I don't lose my mind right now. And maybe there's even some evil friends in your life and you just need to get away and get, get some distance from those people and pray for them, but they're God's problem and you gotta move forward. And then maybe you and I can all focus on being a better friend, right? Being careful about how we talk about our friends to other friends. Being wise about speaking the truth in love. And then being loyal and not giving up on the friends God has brought into our life. Just like Jesus never gave up on us. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never really crossed that line of faith. And I'd love to just give you an opportunity to reach out to God and to trust him in your life and to ask him to move and work. So if you're here and God's been tapping you on the shoulder, if he's been calling you to come home to him, um, I just want to lead you through a simple prayer. You can say it with me out loud. You can just say it in your own heart. It's just a step, a way to open your heart to God and ask him to move in your life. So would all of you bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus today can begin that journey by repeating after me to say, Dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you in Christ's name. And friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, I want to ask you to just slip your hand in the air and just make eye contact with me just to say before God and to say to me you're going to follow him and trust him in your life. God bless you guys. Just slip your hand in the air. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So reach out to him today. Thank you, guys. Thank you. God, we thank you for your love for us. I just thank you for each person reaching out to you. I pray you'll fill their life with your joy, your peace, your goodness. God, lead us and guide us in our friendships. Lead us around people that will help us walk with wisdom so that we can walk in your path in our lives. And so we give you praise for today, for all that you mean, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, let's put our hands together for those who made spiritual commitments in their life today. And if you made a spiritual commitment, I just want to tell you congratulations. I want to encourage you to go to central.family and just click the link. I've decided to follow Jesus. We'd love to connect with you, send you a free resource, and also help you as you begin to follow God in your life.